Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. So here we are in the bottom of the ninth inning. Two outs and running first base. Mark Knutson, the tall right-hander, trying to nail this one down. He has thrown a gem to this point. Eight and two-thirds innings, giving up just three hits and looking for his fourth complete game for the speed and perhaps to secure his 15th victory. He's got a 3-1 to one lead here in the bottom of the ninth, but at the plate is the guy who has two of those hits, Manny Randawa. A single to center and a double to right so far. Knutson into his windup. Here's the pitch, and he throws a fastball right by Randawa for strike one. Randawa a bit tardy on that swing. Now we're ready for the next pitch. The windup, and here it comes. There's a swing and a long one. Into the gap in right center field, way back towards the wall. It's off the wall. Bichette can't get there. He's chasing it down, and out of nowhere comes Ellis Burke. He'll get to the ball first. The run's going to score. Randawa is around second. He's digging for three. Here comes the throw from Burks. It's going to be close. Here's the slide. It's it's the park-adjusted Rockies podcast. And now, here are your hosts, Mark Knudsen and Manny Randawa. Chris Bryant is a Rocky, and Trevor Story is in Boston. 2022 is definitely a new era. Now can fans of the Colorado Rockies let go of the past and give this year's team a chance to be judged on their own merits? Drew Creaseman from Mile High Sports joins me and Manny Randawa on this week's episode of the Park Adjusted Rockies podcast. In Drew's eyes, that glass is normally half full. Does he think this year's team could contend for a playoff spot? Time for more Colorado Rockies baseball talk. So stay with us and get ready to argue. It's the Park Adjusted Rockies podcast, and we're back right after this. For the best selection of autographs and memorabilia from your favorite sports stars past and present, look no further than denverautographs.com. Find what you're after on the web or at either of their two Metro Denver locations, Colorado Mills Mall and Flatirons Mall. Broncos, Rockies, Avs, Nuggets, and much more. It's all at denverautographs.com. Mile High Sports for Baseball USA proudly sponsored by Strava Baseball. With high-quality athletes in all the right team work and skill development. It's not more than winning weekend tournaments. It's about choosing young players, how to achieve their goals, and baseball and beyond. Contact Steve Hogan at USAProColorado at gmail.com for more information. Well, Manny, uh, it's back to playing baseball, which is obviously good news for all of us. We talked to Thomas last week about what the Rockies would have to do, and they did exactly the big thing Thomas was talking about. They landed Chris Bryant, the big fish. Uh, they have a lineup now that has a star, a potential all-star in the lineup. So that's obviously good news. Other, there's other good news too, but it's, it's just, uh, you know, it's time for a little bit, of, a little bit more hope than we had a week ago at this time. Um, yes, uh, I would say yes, but I think it's, uh, it's, it's more for, uh, first of all, yes, it's baseball's back. That's fantastic. Right. This is, I mean, look, <laughs> it's always great to have baseball back, but especially after a, um, a long, a little, yeah. a long, an off season that was a little longer than, than usually is. Um, I think that as far as hope is concerned for the Rockies fan, I think that more was said about this team in what uh, happened yesterday than I think yeah. than what happened with Chris Bryan. We'll t- well, I'm sure we'll get into that. Yeah, we bring in uh, Drew Creaseman from Mile High Sports. Uh, Rock covers the Rockies just like everybody else as well as everybody else around here, anybody else around here. Drew, welcome to the program. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate you, Mark. No, what, a, what an intro. That's nice. Well, it wasn't as well, it wasn't as well said as I'd like to say it, but you do a wonderful job covering the Rockies. Uh, good stuff on Mile High Sports. Um, Drew, you're obviously, you're, you're the glass half full guy all the time. You, you're our resident right? glass half full guy around okay. here. And I think that this is a time to have a glass half full right now. Given Manny the new playoff format, in fact, there'd be six teams making the playoffs. You can be an 82 and 80 team and an 83 and 79 team and proceed, conceivably sneak into the postseason, Drew. I think 
you probably look at that and say, this team has a shot. Is that fair? You know, um, can I do it? Manny, I'll love this. Can I do a semantic thing real quick and say, okay. I'm a, I'm a, you can't do anything about the past guy. True. That, that, by the way, that's a really good point that I think we should spend mm-hmm. a little time on. I agree. I agree. Yeah. And so when I look at just this roster and I try not to, you know, factor in too much of the noise and too much of these narratives about who wants to win and who doesn't and all of this other stuff, I, what I see is a team that overperformed expectations a year ago, mm-hmm. largely because they were better than people thought, not because they got lucky. There's nothing in their Pythagorean that suggests they were especially lucky. In fact, the team blew 30 saves that one of the worst bullpens in baseball. They had one of the worst lineups in baseball and yet still managed to be six, seven games away from a 500 ball club without a major emergence from a young star like Ryan McMahon or Brendan Rogers, which I think is still very much on the table. They also got the worst season so far in the career of Trevor story. And so as much as he's a star player, and I actually think he's going to be phenomenal in Boston, he wasn't last year. And so I get why people are tempted to say, Hey, Chris Bryant just, you know, replaces Trevor story. And it's well, if Chris Bryant is the player he's been throughout most of his career, he'll be much better than Trevor story was for the Rockies a year ago. Offensively. Well, and offensively he just is. Right. And so that's the thing that you've got to, where you really start digging into the weeds. Like the Rockies aren't in a position to win the division anywhere close to you. We're talking about clawing into the postseason. Right. And in order to do that, you, you have to basically finagle your way into it. Right. And making your lineup much better while sacrificing some defense, a lot of defense is saying, well, we hope we don't need that defense as much. We hope we can have our starting pitchers and our lineup get us to success in these other parts of our team that aren't that good. We can cover them up somehow. Manny, um, the signing of Chris Bryant puzzled me because I thought that would be greeted with some hooray. You know, and it was, he's like, well, yeah, if you're going to do that, why don't you just resign Nolan? And why'd you let Trevor get away? And Again, I'm with Drew. I think you're looking at the past and, and trying to equate the, those those things. I don't think you can. Is that fair? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, I think so. I basically, I was, you know, the the Chris Bryant signing. I think there's there's two there's two sides of the same coin. One is uh, the only way you don't like it is if you you uh, go back into the past and say, well, wait a minute. I mean, yeah. what are you doing? I mean, you just you just let your superstar franchise player leave. Then now, you know, your, your best offensive player from last year is going to be leaving soon. Uh, you really need to. I think the only way that this team could make sense to most people, and I, I think rightfully so, is if they blew it all up and they started again. Yeah. But they won't do that because of this mm-hmm. pitching staff, uh, the starting rotation. And um, so I think that that's what that's more of the blueprint that I would have followed. But again, I'm not, I'm not GM and I'm not in the GM's chair. So get that being said, the reality is, as Drew alluded to, this is what it is. And this is how things are going to go forward that with what their, their attitude is we were going to compete. Not we're going to, not we're going to scratch, start from scratch and rebuild and, and start it over again. So if that's good, what it's going to be, then at some point, Rockies fans are going to have to make peace with that. And start to understand yeah. that, you know, and I think some are, I mean, even on Twitter, I see, you know, I see some people starting to try to look at things like, all right, how can this, how can they make this work now? Because what happened in the past was bad, like really bad. 
like like what happened with the what happened to the Rockies in the last you know after their back-to-back postseason appearances when everything was looking up they had that young rotation they had uh three legitimate star superstar type players on that roster on in the lineup Mm -hmm. and now four years later um none of those three guys dj trevor story and uh nolan arnado on the roster and charlie blackman is aging so it's like whoa something really bad had to happen for that to be if you fast forwarded from 2018 to 2022 and saw the future but we're in that future now what's the what's what is it going to be moving forward and i think the only way the chris bryant signing is going to make sense and these things are always won in hindsight, won or lost in hindsight. You can't, I mean, you can, you can grade out trades and grade out free agent signings, but you know, usually you're wrong somewhere in there because things unforeseen happen. Um, guy overperforms or underperforms, whatever. So the only way the Chris Bryant one makes sense is what else they do from here on in the next few years around Chris Bryant. Next few years. Okay. Yes. Right. Drew, I think um, the reaction, like I mentioned before, the reaction to, to the signing of Chris Bryant was puzzling to me. Do you think, and you, you started by saying you can't change the past and you certainly can't do Rockies fans. Are they in a position where they're going to agree to that? <laughs> because they don't seem <laughs> want to, they don't definitely don't want to give this team the benefit of the doubt. Right. You know, in, in trying to parse all of this, I think what really happened and, you know, and maybe this is convenient for me because then I get to say, I told you so. So maybe it's a convenient narrative for me to, to run here. But I think what happened in the aftermath of the Nolan Arenado situation and, and to a lesser extent, the way the, the Trevor story thing was handled and not trading him at the deadline and everything. I, and I think everything just became to be the Rockies as an institution are fundamentally bad at everything that they do. Now that had been out there for a while before that, but with those two moves, it, it kind of became, you know, they're not trying to win. They don't want to win. They traded him because they didn't want to pay him. It was all about the money. There was a lot of these narratives that people just ran with. And a lot of those narratives don't stand up to no. the signing of a guy like Chris right. Bryant. Right. Now, it right. doesn't get rid of all of them. It doesn't get rid of some of their ineptitude, but it does pretty much sink the narrative one that the Rockies totally got rid of Nolan for money. It wasn't about that. It gets rid of the narrative entirely that no good player worth their salt would ever choose to come to Colorado. Agree. Can't you can't ever say that you can't say that. Right. And then uh, again, along with the Ryan McMahon thing that they generally just aren't willing to spend money to try to compete or that they're not willing to, you know, spend on their guys. And so, that is where it gets everything back to. And I'm so happy that, and that Manny put it that way, because I was so tired of that other conversation and it really should be about, okay, how can Bill Schmidt, who is a different human being than Jeff Breidich, what can he do inside the, what we know are the limitations of Dick Monfort, which do still very much exist. You can't ignore them entirely, but anyone who thinks that Dick Monfort's running the day-to-day, every single day operations of this club, that's just no, not how it Not on the not field, how, no, no. That's not how it works. Bill Schmidt is going to have the opportunity to build this team in his image to, to make the decisions, what, what you were both just talking about. What are the other moves hmm. around Chris Bryant? And I, one of I them will. was, I want him to have his number two guy who's going to be here and also be a part of the core, who's the inside guy, right. Ryan McMahon. Yeah, and I wouldn't. I would say pushing the spinning this forward. I'd say that the um, one thing that that <clears throat> Bill Schmidt I think has hit on 
so far on every single one of these that he's done is the extensions. He extended Sensatella mm -hmm. for an average, an AAV average annual value of 10 million a year. Yeah. That's probably when you look back at it, you know, pitchers are, you know, Mark, you were one of those. Uh, I was. You know, you know. <laughs> not not arms, at 10 million a year. <laughs> that the arms, well, yeah, uh, inflation adjust, you know, yeah, everything uh, else. I don't know about that. But, uh, yeah. The arm can go, you know, but, mm -hmm. you know, when you make that deal, when that deal got made, I'm like, you know what? That's, that's a smart, at, at yep. this time, knowing what you know, that's a smart idea for, to, to lock him down for five years at that rate. They're, they're, they, they stole Marcus when they yeah. got, when they put yeah. him on and that's Breitich, you know, you yeah. go back to that. So the extension history, that's eight and a half million a year. That's yeah. what they're, you know, AAV, eight, eight point six million for, for Herman Marcus. So um, that was good. CJ Crone, you're gonna you you definitely were gonna bring him back after last year, and you're only paying him seven a year and then for two years. And then uh, Ryan McMahon, his defense alone, and then you take that he's twenty, I guess twenty-seven, and you know, still trying to get to where he's supposed to get to, or that where people want him to be with the bat. Mm -hmm. You know, honestly. You know, in free agency in the last few years, one win above replacement costs about eight million dollars. So mm, really, yeah. So that's how it was valued by teams in recent. And all some of that is inflated by the fact that you're paying the Harpers the exorbitant amount of money, like three hundred thirty million dollars. Sure. You know, but still, you know, let's say a win is five million dollars in the regular season. You know, whatever. If you if you wanted to really make it conservative, you're paying McMahon about. Uh, you're paying McMahon to be then be a two war player ish, a little bit over two war per season. The rest of the way, he had four war last year. Yeah, and more, like that. Yeah. more more than and a so. Yeah. And so again, I think that's a good for right now. Looking at it in the moment, that's a good move. So they have hit on all the extensions, I think, and that is a good sign for this team. The free again, the free agent moves um, have always have been blunders. Uh, external free agent moves have yeah. been blunders of the of of recent vintage, but that. You know, Chris Bryant, you know, at first, like, I was like, man, what are they doing? Uh, just like a lot of people were, because it's like, man, like, but then again, the more you think about it, it's like, okay, they are of this mind and you can call it what you want, but they're of the mind that they can compete. If that's the case, um, they got one of the best bats that were on the market. So, and they had, I mean, they needed a bat. So um, you're looking, you're looking forward the Chris Bryant thing. Like you always overpay for guys like this. I mean, it's like, you know, the first three years or four years, you might get great production from him. But then on the other side of that, then mm -hmm. that's where you start wondering how it's going to be. So uh, overall, you know, I think that if you are if a Rocky fan, you're willing to start to move things forward in your mind and start thinking about, all right, the pass is over now and you can't, there's nothing you can do with that. The current thinking of this front office is that they can win or build something toward a winner. Then let's see in that in that lens, through that lens, how are they doing? And I think they're doing okay. I mean, Chris Bryant's going to – if he's healthy, if everything is well, conceivably could add four or five wins. To the, I mean, he's gonna, he should make the guys around him in the lineup a little bit better. So he should be worth four or five wins. Yeah. So if they add another three to four wins, they're a plus 500 team, Drew, and they're probably in the mix for that five and six playoff spot. Yeah, and that's without any improvement from the bullpen, right. which could get better just from not being nearly as much of a disaster. <laughs> Colome yeah. is an interesting addition. I really like that sign. Um, I, I like it in up. some ways. The cutter is giving me Brian Shawnway Davis flashbacks, but the well, numbers look at it this way too, that. Drew, is that they're paying yeah. him less than Jordan Lyles is going to make this year. But, but see that I love that, but it's a one year. That's right. And that's the great thing about because it, whether if he's as bad as Shaw Davis, they, they can just cut him where they had to be attached to those guys because of the contracts. Right. So that he's not an in expensive the, move, not an expensive can, move. 
Bard bounced back a little bit, but they've also got an interesting collection with like Chassin. I really like Stevenson and Sheffield. Uh, Lucas Gilbreth was quietly pretty good last year. So like they have pieces in the pen to not be terrible. And also, by where, the way, they've got guys who throw really hard. They've got dudes you've like got, Justin Lawrence and Julian Fernandez. Who, you've got to miss bats. <clears throat> yeah. You've got to miss bats right. at Coors Field no because the problem is, is that when contact is made, the, the, the probability of a ball falling at Coors in the outfield versus anywhere else in the majors is so much higher, uh, right. significantly higher that you just don't want them to put the bat on the ball. And, you know, yeah, it hurts my arm seeing Justin Lawrence throw but, <laughs> right. with that, with that, with that right. three quarters release and throwing 103 or whatever. But at the same time, you know, you can't argue with the results if he doesn't get hurt. I mean, the bottom line is you got guys who throw hard, but they're all really young. And so you got to, you, and, and, and bullpen implosions are the, uh, you know, the dish du jour at, Coors that's how it goes and right. so you got to get them you know if anybody can do you know if, if anybody can do something with them it's a guy like Bud Black the way in terms of the way he does these things and the way he look I still don't really know how he did what he did with the starters uh, in 18 and right. so I think that you know he's got something there and if he can uh, apply that to the bullpen and they're and they start to kind of get their bearings then we might see some improvement can I give you uh, before we move on from that one last stat for you Mark in the glass half full uh, sentiment. One thing that I don't think a lot of people recognized last year was that the Rockies were basically a very, very capable ball club against everybody who didn't win a hundred baseball games. They just happened to play the giants and Dodgers a lot. And that's very 10 and 28 against the Dodgers and giants Mm -hmm. 64 and 59 against everybody else. Yeah. I mean, that, that's why I told people before the year and drew, you were on board too. They weren't going to lose a hundred games last year. There were too many bad teams in the national league right. and lose a hundred games. And that, that was proven out to be the case. So this year we turn, turn forward. We need some younger guys to step up. You guys mentioned McMahon's contract extension. His, his glove work last year was exemplary. If he hit, improves a little bit at the plate, he's going to be a difference maker. You've got mm-hmm. a shortstop now who's going to be all glove, no hit, but you've got a second baseman and Brendan Rogers who really can improve on what was a pretty darn good year last year, Manny. The, uh, <clears throat> the guy I'm most excited to watch in 2022 for the Colorado Rockies is Brandon Rogers, because um, we saw glimpses last year of that swing that everybody was talking about all those years. And um, I, I, I remember one that he hit on the road that I'm still awestruck by. I talked to him about the bat speed, um, you know, and kind of gave him that, you know, exa- as an example of it, like we now we can see what you can do at the major league level because he's shown it. And you're healthy enough to be in the lineup. Um, I want to see what a full season from him looks like without any problems, uh, injuries, you know, that's the, always the, the wild card there, but he's the guy that I think if he can, if he can do, if he can take that next step, that's going to go a long way. Um, you know, Ryan McMahon, I think the jury's still out on whether he's going to be the hitter that some people thought he could be Brandon Rogers. I, I would be surprised if he's not, I mean, I think that the, what this guy has, um, you know, it, it could be, you know, he could turn into a special player. So, you know, the other thing too, and, and it, it, it comes to mind because of uh, the conversation I had with Rogers last year, um, it was just after he got, got uh, called up is that, um, and I, I talked to him about this, like how much of this whole, you guys are like historically, because remember at the beginning of the year, like they were like historically awful for even the Rockies on the road. Oh yeah. And like, I was like, how much of that is there's such a young, uh, feel to this team that they just don't understand the course hangover yet. Like they don't know how to deal with that. Like you go on the road. It's one thing for legitimate 
bona fide major leaguers who have been in the league for a long time playing for the Rockies to hit poorly on the road. It's another for a guy who's just out of triple a. So we're right. just trying to make it. So I'm curious to see just like uh, it's the flip side of the bullpen, just like with the bullpen. I'm curious to see if the hitters start to hit a little bit better as they grow up a little bit on the road. And, and again, they're not going to ever hit. Well, you can just mark up 40 losses on the road. That's why you got to win at home. That's why I've, I've been an advocate for the Blake street bomber style, because it's like, you gotta, you gotta win on the road. Now um, they're constrained by past decision-making like we've talked about with respect to that, but now they've got a guy so that you can continue to say that you can continue to use the nickname Blake street bombers. Cause you've got Chris Bryant line. Um, so again, the other guys, as they grow up mature, hopefully for the Rockies sake, they start to learn how to play the game on the road a little bit so they can get near 500 on the road. Drew, you concur? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's hard to argue with any of that. I think Rogers is the guy. One of the things that is really interesting is that he hit more home runs on the road than at home last year, and I, I don't expect him to. Rockies players don't do that. Uh, they, they don't do that for. Larry a long Walker did time. it, but uh, that's a different echelon, I suppose. Once, right? Larry Walker once. did it. Did it once, not for mm-hmm. his career, right? That's how. Right. That's how rare it is. But yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I think uh, Charlie Blackman had one year where they were even. And Nolan, like, did, oh, Nolan did it as well, I think. Had one year where they were mm-hmm. even, but for their careers, stark contrast, right? And so you expect that, but just the ability to do damage on the road is incredibly important for this team and it doesn't have to be that he's better on the road it just has to be that he was capable on the road League i remember it would be fine yep. right i, I remember years ago when troy tulowitzki was legitimately one of the absolute best hitters in baseball and people would look at his home road splits and they'd be like he's so much better at home than he is on the road but when you just took his road numbers yeah. he was better than league like just league average numbers yeah. On the road, he just wasn't as good it's as Todd Helton. It's the same deal now with the Hall. Of That's Fame. what you want out of these guys that can become star players. And I agree, if anyone's going to do that for this team, it's probably Rogers. Uh, but I do want to say, you know, while McMahon is 27 years old and, and hasn't shown it yet, he had a really truncated start to his career. The Rockies were yo-yoing yeah. him up and down for the first two years. I'd say he's shown it, but not at a sustained level. I mean, he's right. shown like la- the first half last year. Yeah. You know, he had a good right. first half. I mean, he, but last I mean, year he was, was basically fire. his sophomore year, right? Because 2019 was his rookie year. Then 2020 yeah, was, doesn't count. was doesn't, doesn't count. count. Right. So last year, so he's got a rookie in a sophomore year where he went from below league average <clears throat> to league average and he hit over 20 home runs each year. So I think it's still reasonable to think, okay, in what essentially amounts to this guy's third full season, that Ryan McMahon, who's also, and you both know this, as cerebral and as engaged, as smart and capable and hardworking as anybody that he's going to come up with an approach or a solution to get better in the box. And so Again, I, I think uh, Rogers is the guy, but I I'm still out there for, for McMahon, man. Well, I, still I think, think, I, happens, I think, you know, I think that if McMahon is a league average hitter and plays defense like that, that almost earns that. Oh, then you're fine. Yeah. Right. Agreed. Right. So I, I, I think there's some, but I think he's going to, he's got a chance to, of course, be better than league average. Okay, the DH is now part of uh, the national league permanently. Uh, some of us are sad about that, but it is progress. It is what had probably I mean, it had to happen. How are the Rockies going to handle the DH position? This is a, a position that is tailor made for Charlie Blackman. <laughs> he should be the everyday DH. He should enjoy being the everyday DH, but knowing Charlie, he won't. Um, what do the Rockies do at DH, guys? Do they, Manny, you go first. Do they platoon that position and let Charlie go out to butcher things in the right field once in a while? Or do they say, Charlie, this is your job? 
Well, you know, the outfield, um, you know, one thing that the, the, the Rockies did not get better in, in, you know, I don't think that's proper English, uh, is the outfield defensively. Um, oh, yeah. Chris Bryant is going to mash, but he's not, he's, he's, he's he, at best, he's an average uh, defender mm-hmm. out there in, in the corner, the corner outfield spots. So the question is like for, for Blackman is, um, what are you losing? Uh, what are you gaining by putting him into the DH spot every day? And if you're gaining defensively, then that, then there's a strong argument that he ought to be the guy in the DH spot pretty much, you know, every most day. of the time, 75% mm-hmm. of the time. But I don't know that you can say that about this team as currently constructed. It's I don't probably think, I don't true. Know, I don't know that you can say you can, you can get a, an advantage by having him. So I think that they're going to, they're going to play the, uh, I've heard that they're going to play the, uh, the platoon route because that way they get people off their feet a little bit for, for playing defense out there in a very big outfield and keep their legs a little bit fresher. So. Do, they, do they have the guys? I know Drew has his guy, Ramel Tapia, but do they have the guys that they can do that? Do they have four All day, guys? Every day. Oh, come on, man. I mean, on the hitting side? Um, Either way, offense well, and defense. You can also stick Brian at first base for once in a while to get Crone in the DH spot. You can also do, you can then stick, you know, top in there. Then it comes into your question. Like what, what about the guys like Toppy and Hampson and these guys um, from that's, that's a good, I, I don't know. I don't think that, I don't think that there's any reason to believe. I know Drew will dis, uh, disagree about Toppy. I don't think there's any reason that at this point to believe that other than hitting for high average at Coors Field, um, you know, which, yeah, there's something to be said about that, but Beyond that, I don't think that there that you can safely say that they're going to be okay with that on the on the on the hitting side. Okay, Drew, make your case for Tapia in, in particular, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. well, okay. So the thing about Tapia for me is that he basically has a floor that you know what it is. With all of these other guys who you could play in the outfield, uh, Connor Joe, who I think is your best case scenario. If he just was what he la- was last year, like well, a one seventeen OPS, year, I mean, yeah, you right. you just then that's that the guy you want. Something yeah. great that you're not counting on, right? Exactly. Yeah. But as we all know, you got to prove it for longer than eighty games at this yeah. point. Right. Right? So we don't know what Connor Joe is yet. So put him aside for just a second. Uh, then you've got Sam Hilliard, who obviously has the highest ceiling of these guys. Look, if Sam Hilliard right. just is how he finished the season last year, then he's the guy you've got to have in there. Mm-hmm. The problem with Hilliard is that he's had the tendency, and this comes with guys that can strike out 40% of the time. You, What I would fear, again, if you're trying to sneak up on teams, if you're trying to scrape and scratch and claw for that 12th postseason spot or whatever it is, right? then you can't have a guy in your lineup who is what Hilliard was for the first two months of last year, which is striking out 40% mm. of the time, no base hits, hitting a buck right. 70. Right. You got to send him down to AAA. At least with Tapia, you know, he's not going to strike out. You know, I know Manny doesn't care about hitting for average, but he, that, that's going to come with essentially regular. He gets He doesn't ever go three straight games without getting on base. He's always going to be out there sometimes for guys like Chris Bryant or CJ Crone or Ryan McMahon or Brendan Rogers to drive in. He's not going to be walking back to the dugout. Yeah. I think with, uh, with Rymel Tapia, I think for me, it's, it's kind of always been, I I'll just, I'll just kind of put it in one kind of microcosm of, of the whole thing for me, the whole issue for me. And that is there was this, there was this time where he laced the ball in the left center field with the exit velocity, I think of 108 or something like that. And I'm like, man, he's got that in him. And that, that kind of hitter, if you got the capability of doing that, rather than relying on slapping the ball, you know, over the third baseman's head on a bounce that, and of course I'm embellishing that, but that is, uh, cause you remember like for a while he had that thing where he would just place it perfectly down mm-hmm. the third baseline every time <clears throat> you, you're not going to be able to do that 
at a sustained level. But if you hit the ball hard more often, that's going to turn into extra base hits, number one, and that's going to be much more valuable. And secondly, it's also going to turn into it's going to help your batting average because, yeah, I mean, if you if you're incapable of hitting the ball hard regularly and not striking out more, if that's the issue, then you're just going to have to live with the good and the bad. But if you can start to do that and minimize strikeouts and put if you put the ball in play and you hit it hard, good things happen. And that's what I'd like to see out of Ryan Miltop. I That's fair. But I, I'll I'll go to bat for Hilliard, no pun intended, um, because he can do damage. That's yeah. something Tapia can't do. Tapia can't oh, do man. damage. If he, could, if it, he, right. he can if hit Sam, the ball if it's, a, if it's an right. either or, Sam Hilliard, right. man, the potential there. But the, the, to me, I'm the onus is on the on the hitting coaches, especially. And you guys know I'm not a Dave Magadan guy. I don't. Something's not working there for me, because you shouldn't have a, a mediocre for Coors Field for Rockies team batting average and be still among the league leaders in strikeouts. That, that should not be happening, unless right. you're doing damage. The Dodgers can hit, can strike out because they do damage, and they don't even strike out as much as the Yeah, Rockies. and like you said, Coors Field, you, right. your home ballpark is Coors right. Field. You can't man. be striking. Your, your BABIP right. is is going to be you know, far higher than. But they've got to teach. They've got to teach guys yeah. like Hilliard. And we've talked about McMahon in this same category. Grew with a, a couple of years. Hilliard's just a young guy. They've got to teach him plate discipline. That's all. Discipline. Yeah. Know, know the strike zone. He swings at a lot of bad pitches. At least he had before the end of last season. Right. Um, and someone else pointed out that if he takes the you know, the emotional burden he was carrying around with him the last couple of years, with his father's situation That's is, a great point. is over now. Maybe he don't, clears his head a little really bit. About that. And yeah. Maybe he can focus on, on being a contact guy. Because, man, contact with that guy, good stuff's going to happen. Good point. Goodness, yeah. You know, and and here's the look. I'm a Sam Hilliard guy. I have been for a long time. And I, I, I met him a rookie ball. and He was a 15th round draft pick. Like with that kind of physical tools, it's crazy. It's crazy. wild, right? Like, so so I'm with you. Like, I, I hope it works out. And honestly, I, I think they kind of all have a place on the team because, yeah. again, I, I think there's room for these guys and you don't know which one of these things is going to work out because Sam struck out in the minors too, yep. you know, a I lot. Know. I know. And and so it's always been a part of his game and I'd love to see him get it together, but I, I don't know that you go, well, this 15th round pick who has insane raw tools yeah. is, is going to be able to one day catch up and regularly be where, you know, not to again, but Ramal Tapia took Jacob de Grom deep, you know, right. Yeah. Ramal Tapia that's makes what I'm contact saying. against that's right. everybody, that's what I'm saying. If you could everybody, but I know the contacting and I'm with you. Example, no, I, I agree with taking to Grom deep. And I remember that that was the day yeah that he had struck out seven in a row yeah. and he was, I mean, that was unbelievable, but because everyone know, else is, he, 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 for, he, he has that right, in yeah. there. I know. Hey, I, I just want to say as, as the biggest Ramal Tapia proponent out there, I agree with your assessment that he needs to hit the ball in the air more harder. I, I, I think all of those are parts of his game. I think the thing that's unusual, there are very few bat manipulation guys in the game anymore. It's not really a thing. He right. can do both. It depends on the pitch you're swinging at. And Mark knows, you know, uh, that all too well. Right. But if he can be just a bit more selective about the types of swings he pits on puts on certain types of pitches, he's very capable of, of being a guy who hits the ball in the air a little bit more. I don't think he's going to be a homer guy ever. And I think you should stop trying, no, you know, what, you can happens, hit but in the, gaps, the gap. Yep. Here, he here's, be that guy. That guy. here's another he thing we don't that. talk about very much guys. In fact, all these guys were mentioning for three outfield spots, somebody's going to be a bench guy, but their bench guys are young. Well, they bench, bench they, guys, but they need bench guys, but they need, don't they need a veteran presence for bench guys? That's a hard job, but it's also bench guys, ben, you, you kind of, yeah, you kind I think what Mark might be getting at here is you kind of need bench guys that can, um, been there, done that, 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 that you know what they're going to give right. you. Right. Exactly. And, and, you know, guys like Hampson and guys like, 
uh, even Tapia, I mean, Tapia is, you know, going to be coming off the bench. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough to know what you're right. It's not a known quantity right. really, because well, so it's been up and down. You know, uh, here's days. what I'll, here's what I'll say about the guys that are on their bench. They, they are young, but I will say that I feel like these, this particular set has established kind of what they are. Hampson. Uh, I love the guy. He can't hit right-handed pitching to save no. his life, but he can hit lefties and he's an incredible athlete. So off your bench, he can play good defense in center. If you need him up the middle, short or second base, mm-hmm. if you're doing switchy roos, that's what they're called, right? No, uh, defense. I mean, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. You don't need that anymore. A pinch I'm runner, about more but he's play. definitely yeah. your, your. Oh yeah, but but that's uh, again the thing is, uh, what do you need your a pinch hitter off the bench at the plate in the National League for anymore? Right. Right. You know, you don't, you don't need that Jason Giambi off the bench anymore. That guy's your DH. We got to update our national league thinking here. a little. That's Mm. a good point because now we're going to, we're moving into an entirely different era. That's a good point. So you can have these guys who are just their case, like Daza. I don't know that he makes the roster, but he's just defense and speed. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need him to hit. Okay. Guys, we talked about the DH. Are there any other rule changes? Cause I'm not as up to as you guys are. I've been dealing with my high school rule changes, which aren't very many. There's these new rule changes. What's going to help the Rockies. Are there any rule changes out there that really will. Okay. That's good for the Rockies. That's really going to help playoff expansion. Well, yeah. There's well, sure. <laughs> I mean, that's a big one. Swing at that pitch. As far as the rule, I mean, the rule, as far as the rule changes, um, it's hard to say because I mean, with the shift, um, you know, with the, with the banning of the shift, uh, which I have um, reluctantly come around to, uh, I was just, I, I've always I, I had always been against anything that would change the, the natural game. Thomas um, talked where, you out of this, didn't he? Thomas where, was the one last night, last week. Thomas convinced you. Um, no, I, I I mean, we Thomas and I've talked about it a lot. I don't know. Maybe some of it was our conversations over the last year or so. But um, it, it's. The game, what really swung me was that the game is not the same game even now, nor was it when I was a kid that it was 100 years before that. The game changes. It's, mm-hmm. it's not like we have this pristine version of baseball that was from the beginning. It has changed. They, had, they didn't even allow curveballs at the beginning. Right. You know? there was, yeah. it, was, it was illegal. So it's like, uh, obviously, we like that change. And people probably back then were like in an uproar, like, oh, this is ridiculous. They had curveballs. But so How's the game has supposed to, to evolve. Hit anymore? It has to change, <laughs> and yeah, and so I think that in the in that in the spirit of that kind of um, wanting the game to to thrive, it's nice to have a ball go up the middle and actually go into center field. So uh, I think I like that. I, as far as how other, what's going to help the Rockies or not, I don't have the data in front of me, honestly, as to what whether that's going to help the Rockies, how much how much they took away and how much they lost by shifting mm-hmm. last year. Or the last couple of years. Will the bigger bases help? Is that is that a thing yet? The billboards are for bases. No, I just that's hard to say, man. Those going to be billboards. Try to think now. about that. No, I I don't know. What do you think, Drew? That's uh, yeah. I have no idea about the the bases. I you know when it, when the banning of the shift really would have helped the Rockies is during the Carlos Gonzalez era. That's when the banning of the shift. Yeah, man. The I, t- I was telling somebody the other day. I was like, Cargo must be so mad. Right oh, now. so like, angry. I remember. But, uh, I remember him asking me one time. He's like, Who came up with the with the shift? By the way. Yeah. And I was like, What? Why are you? Well, I kind of knew why he wanted to know, but he's like, Yeah, I wanted. I want to know his name. <laughs> I'd like to know that guy's and, name. And, uh, you know, and so I was like, I, I, I had, I, I looked it up, you know, I, I, because I had, I knew that Bill the James. shift, the shift kind of was a, it was kind of, the, nobody really knows the inventor of it, but we know who popularized it. And that was Lou Boudreau. Ted Williams. I thought it was Ted Williams. So it was Lou, to use it oh, No, I mean, him, the, right? on the defensive oh, side. On, oh, sure. Lou, Lou Boudreau of the, of Cleveland did 
it did it for specifically for when he faced Boston. So yeah. he did it for Williams. He put the center, second baseman out in short, right. And that's obviously the one, the Ted Williams shift is what cargo is talking about. Yeah. And um, so I saw him Lubu Joy. He's like, all right, all right. Charlie and, Bla- and I Charlie- had this look in his eye, like, okay, all right. Charlie so. Blackman's going to benefit from those shifts. Yes, Charlie, he will. He's one yeah. guy that hit into the shift. You know, I was critical of hitters who wouldn't just either bunt or hit slap the ball the other way or just take advantage. If there's big giant holes there, get on base. Moneyball is all about on base percentage, right? Get on base. Uh, and they just wouldn't do it. Yeah. Hitters just won't do it. And well, it's it's take away from your slugging, yeah. and it's it's the it's a age old debate. Right? I you take I away from your slugging, yeah. but you know, yeah, it gets you on base. Um, but Charlie Blackman just, I mean, he tried to bun occasionally, but he doesn't run like he used to. So now he's going to have to be a guy who has to be thrilled with the, with the, the end of the shift. But yeah. um, the Rockies are going to have a deep bullpen. Are they going to have a deep bullpen where they don't have where the three batter minimum doesn't hurt them? I mean, that's not a new rule, but. Um, do you have guys that can come in and and succeed in that in that vein? Do the yeah, I don't know about the the three batter minimum any of that. You know what I will say, and I know we already spent some time on. I do think the DH will help the Rockies more, and I've actually long yeah. thought about this, and and not even for the reason people might think of like, well, you can because right now it's like theoretically in the future they could just sign some big bopper like right. like a Nelson Cruz these last couple of years, right, and take advantage right. of Coors Field in the future. I hope we see that, but I actually think the biggest reason it can help the Rockies is the, the wear and tear yeah, like the altitude. About, yeah. yeah. It's that I think is going to be the biggest thing because a lot of these guys wear down over the course of the season, um, you know, and, and being able to do things like give a guy a, a day of rest, but not have to take his bat out of the lineup. Yeah. I, I think is going to be really beneficial for this team more than All right, guys, before we wrap it up, I want, it might be a little early. There's only a week or so into spring training, but I'd like to get some kind of a season prediction out of both of you in terms of record you know, roughly around the record. I almost got it right last year. I said 73 wins. I got 74. I was pretty close. Uh, Manny, what, how many games are going to win? Um, I'll go with, uh, I'll go with 78. Okay. I'll say 78. Four game improvement, three and a half game improvement. How about you, yeah. Drew? I was thinking in that same ballpark and it's, so it's going to be funny. I can't, I can't reason. If I go under Manny Rondawa, it's uh, like the Twitter will explode here. I, that was not going to happen. Like we can't have that happen. Uh, no, I'll just, I usually like to wait till the yeah, end of spring to, to do this, but go to I actually, I'll, I'll do you one. I'll do you literally one better, man. I'll, I'll go to 80. I'll, I think, okay. I think that's a middle pick and I think they can win 80 games. I think with good health and good luck, they could maybe push that up a little bit, but Just, I do think that the hitting is going to matter more than the defense yeah. ultimately. And, and Bryant is going to make that difference. And also I think the clubhouse atmosphere, not being completely poisonous and, and yeah. Yeah. fair point negative all the time is really going to help. Does 82 and 80 put you in meaningful games in September? Oh Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Meaningful yeah. games in September. Yep. If you're, if you're pacing for 82 and 80, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Well yeah. then it should, then it should be a fun year. That's, a, it, that's right. what the, that's what it's designed to do. Right. That's exactly what it's designed that, to do. I think that that's, I think that that's because right. You know, mm-hmm. the 80, wasn't, weren't the Cardinals in 06, 82 and 80. Mm-hmm. Yes. Two, when games they won the World Series. Two games over regular season. So, I mean, back even then it, it got the, it got that team somewhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a weak division, but I think, yeah, I think it's going to definitely keep people in the, keep teams in the race that otherwise wouldn't be. Hey, Drew, we really appreciate you joining us. Thanks, uh, I know you'll, you'll be doing more of these on your own podcast on Mile High Sports, and it's uh, it's been a pleasure. Always, anytime. Appreciate we'll, you, fellas. We'll see you guys. We'll see you both in the press box. Manny, I'm down in Arizona. You and I are trading places here one of these days, right? You're coming down? 
later not on. Not one of these spring? days. Not this year, man. It's too no. comp- compacted. I'm not. Okay. I'm gonna, we only need the essential workers for that. That's Thomas. So okay. <laughs> well, hopefully, I can drum up some interest when I go over to Scottsdale tomorrow. But we'll we'll see what happens. Drew, hey, appreciate it. We'll Always, you. man. You got a closer for us? Yes, sir. On the other All side, right. man. We'll be back with a closer. It's the Park Adjusted Rockies podcast. We're back right after this. For the best selection of autographs and memorabilia from your favorite sports stars, past and present, look no further than DenverAutographs.com. Find what you're after on the web or at either of their two Metro Denver locations, Colorado Mills Mall and Flatirons Mall. Broncos, Rockies, Avs, Nuggets, and much more. It's all at DenverAutographs.com. Learning life skills through baseball, USA Prime is more than just travel baseball. We mentor young athletes in areas like teamwork and skill development. It's about more than winning weekend tournaments. It's about showing young players how to achieve their goals in baseball and beyond. Contact Scott Horman at USAPrimeColorado at gmail.com for more information. If you're a Rockies fan, it's probably time to put the past in the past. This club has made some questionable decisions in the past few years, to put it mildly, and it's gotten itself into quite a predicament when it comes to the current roster and a farm system ranked toward the bottom of baseball. Perhaps the only way the organization would quote-unquote make sense to many observers as if it blew it all up and began again after the disastrous results of 2019-21. to But that's obviously not happening. If the front office is going to try to make this group into a winner, then maybe it's time for you Rockies fans out there, and I know many of you are already doing this, to make peace or something close to that with what's happened and see what the Bill Schmidt era brings. For me, the Chris Bryant signing will only make sense if there's much more this franchise plans to do to build a winner. Otherwise, it's like having a shack for a house with a Ferrari in the driveway. One area in which I think the Rockies have excelled, even back to the Jeff Breidich days, are extensions. As we discussed on this week's podcast, Colorado is paying Herman Marquez an annual average value on his current contract of $8.6 million, which is a steal. They extended Antonio Sensatella for 10.1 AAV over five years, CJ Crone for two years at 7.25 AAV after he put together a very good offensive season in 2021, and now Ryan McMahon for 11.7 over six years, which on its face seems to be a good move. So hey, who knows? Maybe the Rockies will turn a self-inflicted catastrophe into something positive in the years to come. Only time will tell. Manny closes it out and puts the wraps on another episode of the Park Adjusted Rockies podcast. Thanks to our special guest, Drew Creaseman, and thanks for listening. Catch you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.